If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'd like to read verse 27, verse 28. Follow along with me. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, and governments. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. God, for these few moments that we have, Lord, let your word come alive in our spirit and in our heart. God, accomplish what you have ordained for this hour, for this church, for this ministry. May you be glorified through the preaching of your word. We give you praise in Christ's name. And the church said, Amen. We're in a season of talking about the Holy Ghost leading up to the day of Pentecost. We've talked about one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit, the new wine, and what it means when the new wine is poured into and poured through a believer's life. Last Sunday on Mother's Day, we turned our attention to the first Holy Ghost-filled family of the New Testament. We challenged mothers that were present to lead the way for their families, as Elizabeth did, in being that Spirit-filled example. Today, I want to zero in on the subject of speaking in tongues. Now, for many today, this will be a, a subject that you have been exposed to many times before, but you'd be surprised at how many of us present that speaking in tongues is new. It's strange, even mystifying, unusual. Maybe you've never even heard the term speaking in tongues. Let me say again today, as I have the last couple of weeks, that I am thankful and glad to be Holy Ghost filled. One day at 19 years old, in a Jensen and Ritchie Franklin revival in Chesapeake, Virginia, the Holy Spirit from heaven overshadowed me, engulfed me, empowered me with his presence, and yes, I spoke in a heavenly language. I, that night, I was spirit-filled. Now, you might would challenge that reasoning, and you might would even say, Pastor, I thought you were spirit-filled when you became a Christian. No, my friend, the day that you come to Christ, you're born of the Spirit, according to John chapter 3. A measure of His Spirit is imparted to the new believer. You see, the disciples of Jesus, they were followers of the Lord, they were born of the seed of the Spirit when they accepted Christ and when they followed Jesus. But they were not filled with the Holy Spirit 
until the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Had they already been filled with the Holy Ghost when they started following the Lord, it would not have been necessary for Jesus to breathe on them just prior to crucifixion and say, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Had they already been filled with the Holy Ghost upon following the Lord, it would not have been necessary for them to tarry in Jerusalem as they were commanded by Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, he did breathe on them. And he did command them, tarry in the upper room until you be endued with power from on high. And I've come by to tell you that the Holy Ghost baptism is for real. It's just as relevant today in the 21st century, even though it seems like even in Pentecost and in charismatic churches, the Holy Ghost baptism has taken a, a back seat. But I'm telling you, speaking in tongues and Holy Ghost baptism is real and it is for today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 5, the scripture makes it clear in the New Testament church that it's God's desire for all believers to speak in tongues. That's what Paul said. He said, I would that you all spake in tongues. Now, it seems as if God's church in some respects have kind of snuffed out speaking in tongues because it is, quote, not popular or maybe some feel that it's not appropriate. Some of the reason for that is the confusing signals that has gone out from pulpits across our land about speaking in tongues. Some of the things that have happened have become fleshly. They've become carnal in nature. I have been in worship services where the minister asked the, quote, spirit-filled to begin to simultaneously speak in tongues. And I just want to stop here and tell you that the Holy Ghost is not a puppet that is dictated to by man. There was another time I was watching a well-renowned TV evangelist that I followed closely who, and I sat in my living room one night and, and I remember it was on TBN and I remember listening to this well-renowned evangelist tell everyone in the room and this is what he said. He he said, I want everyone in here to start speaking in tongues and fake it if you have to. I got up. Uh, I turned my TV off. I went to bed, and I haven't watched him again in well over 20 years. I want to say again, the Holy Ghost is not a puppet that moves at someone's command or bidding. The Holy Ghost moves as an individual is yielded and surrendered as a vessel to the Spirit of God. And I want to just say today there's been enough confusion in the church and God is not the author of confusion. He didn't send tongues to the church so that we would be the latest circus and sideshow in town. He sent tongues to the New Testament church so that we would show the world the power of God and that their lives could be changed in Jesus' name. Speaking in tongues is not conjured up in our own way. It's not invoked by another's command. It is a gift from on high. And I want to tell you something. If you're here today and you have not spoken in tongues, you're missing out on the equipping of God's power in your life. God wants you, desires you to be filled with his spirit to overflow. I wish somebody would shout amen.
You need the Holy Ghost baptism. Every child of God that follows Christ needs the Holy Spirit. Now, for a few moments this morning, let me give you some definitive reasons, biblical reasons, why speaking in tongues is appropriate in the church. The first reason I would give to you is that God ordained speaking in tongues. I believe he ordained it from the beginning. I don't think it was something he just thought up halfway through the Old Testament. I believe that it was not an accident. Rather, it was purposed in the quarters of heaven, orchestrated by God himself to signify his divine plan. I believe as much that the Holy Ghost was for the church and for the believer as much as salvation was for every uh, person that came to Christ. I believe that just as Jesus was ordained to be the Lamb of God crucified from the foundation of the world for man's sins, I believe the Holy Spirit was ordained to be the fire of God to descend upon, to live in, to anoint and to empower mankind. If you go back to the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 20 in verse 11. God spoke through the prophet about a future time that was coming when with stammering lips and another tongue he would speak to this people. You find that in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 and 29 the Lord prophesied and said from the Old Testament about the New Testament church and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And on that great day in Acts chapter 2, the 120 that had been praying in the upper room, the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell upon them. And the scripture says they spoke in different languages. In fact, when they staggered out of the upper room, Brother Turpin, the people, all the masses of people, no doubt thousands of people, heard them speak in their own language the wonderful works of God. They heard them speak in, in Cappadocia language, and Arabic, and Mesopotamian language, and Egyptian language. In fact, the masses were like, some of them were doubting how could these fishermen and these former tax collectors, how could these from Nazareth and Galilee, how could they know our language when we're gathering from around the world? And some were doubting, and, and some were amazed. Some even said they were drunk. But the question that they all asked was, what does this mean? And Peter stood up, oh, praise God, and he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, this was ordained by God. And I've come by to shout a praise to the Lord that it wasn't just for the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. Acts 2.39 says this, this promise of Holy Ghost baptism, this promise of speaking in tongues is unto you and your children and all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm telling you God ordained it just like he ordained Calvary and speaking in tongues is for every seeking believer perfecting God's will upon the earth. Well praise the Lord. That is the truth of the scripture today. Have you ever started something and not finished it? My goodness, I could pass the mic around. There's probably 10 projects at home that you've started and you've not finished. 
Can I tell you that many in numerous churches and movements, they have allowed God to set the church in order, but only to a certain extent. If you go back and you read 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28, it says God has set some in the church, first apostles and secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, and government. And that is where often the church stops. If you'll notice, maybe a handful of you picked up on it. When I read that verse of scripture earlier, I intentionally left the last part of that out because that is how a multitude of churches are operating. They have left out diversities of tongues. But I'm telling you, that is not God's plan. It is not God's plan to leave tongues out of the church. But I've also come by to shout some good news to you. There is some good news in the 21st century. There's some good news in two 2019 because there's some Catholics that are being filled with the Holy Ghost. There's some Methodists that are being filled, some Baptists that are being filled, some Lutherans that are being filled. They're waking up and realizing that this wasn't just something that was fleshly made up. They're waking up and realizing that this is the power of God. I'm telling you God set the order in the Pulaski Church of God. Set the order with the Holy Ghost. Empower your believers to speak in tongues. Have your way at the Pulaski Church of God. Let me just stop and say this morning with a great amount of passion, it is okay to speak in tongues at the Pulaski Church of God. We are a Pentecostal church. (laughs) I really appreciated what Pastor Jeremy shared from a great coach by the name of John Wooden. But I also want to say, along with my congratulations to every one of those eight graduates that stood up here this morning, I want to say congratulations to you. And it is my faith, it is my hope and my prayer that you are saved and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But I will also say to you, after your salvation, you need to be filled with a Holy Ghost. You need to fulfill your God-ordained divine mission upon this earth. That is God's will for your life. Somebody say amen. That's why Pentecostal and charismatic churches are the fastest growing movements in the world today. Because I believe God has ordained in the last days outpouring before his son returns. Now it's not happening near as much in America as it is happening outside of America. And there's a lot of reason for that. We've got too many idols in America. We've become so independent of God in America. But I'm praying that the same Holy Ghost outpouring that is happening in Africa and Australia and in, in Russia and even in some of the countries that are that are that are having to keep their their relationship with Christ secretive, maybe only have a few pages of scripture that they're able to share because they're afraid of getting arrested and tortured and yet God is moving upon them in a great way. I say, oh God, send revival to America. I say, God, send revival to Southwest Virginia. I say, God, send revival amongst our young people and our children. As I shared last week, I say, God, send down your Holy Ghost and fire 
fire. Lay them out on the floor. Buckle them over at their waist. Let them experience tears flowing from on high. But most of all, let them speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost overtakes their vessel and make them useful even more for the kingdom of Almighty God. Somebody help me preach here this morning. We need the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues was ordained of God. The second thing I'll tell you is that God ordained, ordained tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. 1 Corinthians 14, 22. It says, wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. You see, when the Holy Ghost is revealed, Jesus told us that the Spirit would guide us into all truth. That's what Jesus said the Spirit would do. Would guide us into all truth. That's twofold. The Spirit guides you into the truth about yourself. You wouldn't be saved today if the Spirit hadn't guided you to the truth about your wretched, miserable, sinful life. But the Spirit doesn't just tell us about ourselves, but the Spirit also guides us into truth about God's Word. Those people in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, they wanted to be saved. They wanted to be saved following the supernatural utterance. They wanted to be saved when they heard the speaking in tongues. They had been guided into truth about themselves and about God's Word. And 3,000 people came to the Lord. I'm telling you, tongues are for a sign to the unbeliever. I've, I've witnessed this myself. If the unbeliever, the sinner, is standing by and they hear someone speaking in tongues, the utterance of those tongues they may not understand, but their heart will be gripped with conviction. Some of you have witnessed this. Y'all remember those services when the Holy Ghost would fall and throughout the congregation people would be praying in tongues or praising in tongues and sinners would be standing in there they'd be holding on to the back of the pew until their knuckles turn white. They'd either have to run to the altar or run out the door because they couldn't handle the conviction. What are you saying preacher? I'm saying that every one of us here, it's not just on the preacher. It's on every spirit filled believer through our praise and worship unto the Lord. We create an atmosphere through our unity as a church family. We create an atmosphere through reverence for God's word and God's house. We create an atmosphere and when we yield ourselves to the influence of the Holy Spirit as it relates to spiritual gifts, we create an atmosphere that will get a hold of the sinner's heart. I'm telling you right now if you're here today and you're lost and you've never accepted Jesus, 
If you're away from the Lord and you're cold and indifferent to God, thank God for the preached word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. But I would to God there be about six or seven Holy Ghost believers around you that would begin to pray in tongues until the conviction came down so strong you ran to the altar and cried out for Jesus or you ran out the door because you couldn't handle the truth of God's word in your life. Do not quench the spirit. I'm afraid we've gotten too conservative and too concerned about what other people think. And we've squeezed the spirit out of the church service and the conviction of the sinner is diminished. So spirit-filled believer, I would say to you today, do not quench the spirit for in doing so, you may hinder an unbeliever from experiencing the grace and the love of Jesus. I'm not talking about working up some fleshly sideshow that does nothing but bring attention to you. But I'm saying, let the Holy Ghost fall on you. And it could be that the person beside you may not even understand what you're saying when you're praying in that heavenly language. But the love of God overwhelms them and the conviction of the Holy Spirit overshadows them. And they turn to Christ because tongues are for a sign to the unbeliever. So tongues are ordained of God and tongues are assigned to the unbeliever. Third and finally, let me tell you this. Speaking in tongues is proof that Jesus is resurrected and glorified. Anyone that would scoff at the resurrection, you could invite them to Buddha's tomb and Muhammad's tomb, and you'd find their remains. But if you went to the tomb of Christ, he's not there because he's risen. I was there at the garden tomb almost 11 years ago. I can vouch for it. I went inside. I saw it with my own eyes. Here's the beautiful thing. If you get a chance to ever go to Israel, you should go. Every believer, if you ever have an opportunity to go, you should go. It will change your life. The Bible will come alive to you like you've never known before. But I want to tell you something. You don't have to go to Jerusalem to see an empty tomb. All you have to do is look around a Pentecostal worship service and hear someone speaking in tongues. <laughs> and then you may remember the words of Jesus that he said in John 16, 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I must go away. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus said to his followers, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued from pow with power from on high. Pastor, how do you know? Jesus is resurrected because the Holy Ghost has come and I speak in tongues. <laughs> as soon as Jesus entered heaven, God prepared the climate 
for the third person of the triune Godhead to come onto the scene. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 32 and 33, listen to what Peter said. He said, this Jesus has God raised up whereof we are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received the, of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. <laughs> These drunken 120 you thought are drinking some new wine, staggering out of the upper room, these ones you're hearing speaking a language there's no way they could have learned on their own. And furthermore, they're speaking in your own native tongue the wonderful works of God. Peter says, let me tell you what this is. This means that Jesus made it back to heaven. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. And when he showed up back in the throne room of God, he sent the third person of the triune Godhead. The Holy Ghost has come. Somebody ought to give God praise. The Holy Ghost has come. I'm telling you, I'm not an Old Testament saint where occasionally the Spirit of God comes upon me. I'm not an Old Testament saint that sometimes I feel God. I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost came to a New Testament, church he didn't just come upon us he came to live inside of us so if you're here today and you're a sinner never asked Jesus into your heart. You're away from the Lord. You're cold. You're not ready to meet the Lord. God's Spirit has been here from the beginning. He's dealing with your heart even this moment. You can't grab a hold of my coattail and make it to glory. You may have the most sanctified and godly mother that anyone could ask for. But she won't be standing by your side when you have to appear before the great judge. The beautiful thing is God's spirit is here. God's spirit won't always be present to draw hearts. God's spirit won't always be active, wooing lives to come to the Lord. Are you spirit-filled today? Have you spoken in tongues? Paul asked the Ephesian believers. They were believers. And he looked at them and said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And you know what their response to them, him was? We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Ghost. They were followers of Christ. And he began to pray for them and lay hands on them. And the Holy Ghost fell. And they began to speak in a heavenly, angelic, unknown tongue as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now, 
do we go after tongues so we can speak in tongues? No. No. We're not going after tongues. We're going after the Holy Ghost. Tongues is the sign, the seal, that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here today. And you say, Preacher, things are not good between my soul and my Savior. But today, today I want your peace. The Spirit of God is drawing you. You've heard about the love of Jesus. Now you've heard about the, the Spirit of Jesus that is drawing you to a place of consecration to the Lord. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask, give an invitation for people to come. And if you've never been saved or you're away from the Lord, I want you to come, but I want you to kneel. Very, very specific here. I want you to kneel and begin to pray and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart. But I know, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm looking at a congregation that has many, maybe a multitude, that has never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost has never hurt anyone. The Holy Ghost has never embarrassed anyone. We just don't give enough altar calls for Holy Ghost baptism anymore, but we're going to give one today. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit working in your life and filling you so that you can be an effective witness, more effective than ever before, that you can live in victory because the Spirit of God has taken up complete residence inside of you. You say, preacher, I'm a believer, but I've never spoken in tongues. That means you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. No one here is doubting your salvation. This is about empowerment. This is beyond your salvation. This is beyond your belief in Christ. This is going to that next level in your walk with the Lord. Some of you hadn't prayed in tongues in years. And you could use a good old-fashioned refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Who are you? Where are you? It's ordained of God. It's a sign to those around us. It's proof that Jesus has resurrected from the dead. It's real. It's real. Let the scoffers say what they will. Let the critics and the skeptics and the cynics put it down. They'll have to answer to God. The Holy Ghost baptism 
is for real. What I want to know is if there's any hungry folks in the house that want an infilling, infusing, and empowering of the Holy Ghost. Leave your seat right now. And I want you to come and stand all over this, all over this altar from one side to the other, young and old and everyone in between. Would you come? Come on. Come on. I want the Holy Ghost. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. I need the Lord's power to overcome temptation. I need the Lord's power to be a more effective witness. I need the Lord's power to live in the victory that God intends for me to live in. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need the Holy Ghost and fire. I need some spirit-filled men and women of God up here right now. Come on, you that are up here seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, lift your hands to the Lord. Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. Lift your hands up. Come on, lift your hands up. Say, God, I'm yielded to you. I'm surrendered to you right now. Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. Praise Him. Holy Ghost, don't move through a tongue that's not praising God. I'm telling you, begin to praise Him. God, I hunger for your Spirit. 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 Praise him, Danny. Praise him, Danny. Saints of God, spirit-filled saints, stretch your hands this direction right now. Come on, begin to pray for these that are that are up here seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we don't have to pray that you open the windows of heaven. You did that 2,000 years ago. What we need to do is believe that you'll open the windows of our heart and fill us with the Holy Ghost from on high. Yes. 